0: Hey guys, welcome to today's episode of All In. Um, Today we have Bob Feistro, who is the uh, founder of Mind Gym for Athletes. They have an Instagram at Mind Gym for Athletes that's posting um, daily content about mental training, as well as uh, a website, www.mindgymforathletes.com, where they have a blog and some more information. They work with elite athletes in a multitude of different sports, including uh, CrossFit Games athletes and um, professional athletes athletes in baseball and collegiate athletes in in golf um uh, bob's background is uh being a uh, elite baseball athlete he actually had a scholarship for university uh in the states for baseball um he then got into coaching and realized his passion for coaching there uh and then he started doing crossfit and that's where the paths kind of Uh, intertwined, where he started kind of working with the regional athletes there. He also had a supplement company that hired him. To work with their athletes with a, a private Facebook group where he would put in some daily exercises for mental training and then they would do them and give him feedback so it was almost his own little kind of study group which is very cool uh, we had a little bit of connectivity issues when we were recording this so uh, we lost a little bit of his intro so that's why I just wanted to give you some background here before we got started um, but without further ado let's go all in and let's learn from Bob and Mind Jim. So, how did you actually get into CrossFit coming from the baseball and training background?
1: I was always into uh, fitness, but the, it was traditional fitness. It was the three sets of 10, you know, it was buys and tries, it was chest day, Monday, always skip leg day kind of a thing. And uh, then I kind of found P90X, push ups, pull ups. And I, I, was, I really enjoyed P90X at that time. But then I remember watching ESPN, it was 2012. And I just looked at these people on TV and the things they were doing and uh, they just look different. I mean, they look like warriors and the women were, were doing amazing things. And I was, I was really impressed. So I went to CrossFit.com and I found a workout that I could do, uh, which was Cindy, 20 minute AMRAP, uh, five <laughs> pull-ups, 10 push-ups, 15 air squats. And I thought, oh, this is going to be awesome. I can do this P90X. It's all about push-ups and pull-ups. Here we go. So I did 14 rounds I think and I was immediately hooked. I was on the ground, my soul was crushed, my ego was crushed and I wanted more. So I I followed crossfit.com. I did what I could with the equipment I had, but eventually I knew I needed to get to a CrossFit gym to kind of continue my journey. So I joined a CrossFit right. gym and that gym happened to have uh, a couple people that were regional competitors. And that's kind of where the circle becomes full was I met them. And that's where we started talking about, uh, their training and how mental training could possibly help them achieve their goals.
0: Very cool. So how did, uh, you actually open, um, mind gym and kind of create the whole Instagram page where you're putting out information and start connecting with athletes beyond, um, the, the supplement company and in your gym. Um,
1: so I started working with, Uh, Wes Pyatt, who was, he went to the games in 2013 and I continued to work with him through last year, 2017. And over that period of time uh, and through word of mouth, he had kind of connected me with um, other athletes and, you know, he was always pushing me to, you know, you need to get this stuff out there. You need to get this stuff out there. There's people that are always uh, talking about the mental game and the mental side and, and nobody really knows how to train it. And I wasn't really sure if I wanted to make a business out of it or just be a hobby. So I got the, uh, I bought the URL mindgymforathletes.com just to make sure I had it. And I I got all the social medias and uh, Wes hooked me up with um, a pretty big name CrossFit athlete stood on the podium at one time. Um, and just for the listeners, I don't really want to talk about certain athletes that I work with just out of respect to them. Uh, you know, some of them aren't, don't really want people to know that they have a mental coach uh, and things like that. So if I don't mention somebody's name specifically, it's it's just out of respect to them. But this athlete was immediately hooked and and then he started passing my name on to other people. And eventually I kind of got over the imposter syndrome and imposter syndrome is kind of the feeling that you know, you, you're confident in your abilities, but you're afraid to actually put it out there because you are you f- you know, you think somebody might feel you're a fake or uh, right. may, maybe the information that you're providing isn't helpful. So once I kind of got over that imposter syndrome and really started helping athletes at an elite level and the feedback that they were giving me, I just knew I had to do something. So I started out, I got the website, uh, put that information out there, the mind, uh, mindjimforathletes.com. And then through Instagram, I just kind of started sharing quotes and training tips and things like that. Um, And then evolves from there. I have people emailing me all the time, you know, about openings. Unfortunately, I only work with a very small group. I, I like to work with about five or six athletes because that allows me to really understand them and remember the things that they tell me and what makes them click. Uh, so unfortunately I do have to turn quite a few people away, you know, I'm not at the point now where I want to put this into a business and make money just because now if it's going to change it from, um, a hobby that I really love to uh, a job and, you know, maybe one day down the road we'll, we'll get to that point. But, you know, that's, that's how the mindgymforathletes.com became and, and where we're at today.
0: Very cool. So, do you have something else that you do, kind of like nine to five, or um, like apart from Mind Gym?
1: Yeah, I work for a Sports Warehouse. We sell online sporting goods. I work in the accounting department, and the okay. company that I, the part of the company I work for, is actually stationed, uh, or uh, we have our distribution center in Germany. So, the nice thing is, okay. is that during the day, most of my business isn't um, time sensitive because most of the emails. I send out and I can answer them and they don't really read them in Germany until the next day. So it allows me to do both. Most of my mind gym stuff I do early in the morning, uh, contact the athletes, things like that, or uh, late at night after my kids go to bed. So yeah, I do have a nine to five and uh, that pays the bills. (laughs)
0: Perfect. (laughs) Yeah. It can be definitely hard to kind of manage that and manage, um, you know, kind of running mind gym and contacting these athletes. But, Uh, There's also a lot of athletes who are kind of doing the same thing where they're managing um, a nine to five or some sort of part time or full time job or school and trying to improve their fitness and their their mental aptitude and all that kind of stuff. So um, based on that, I'd love to dive in on some like mental tips that you you might have for athletes who are managing so much so many things and where they can actually find time to kind of de-stress to kind of better themselves for their training in, in the mental aspect.
1: Yeah, sounds great. You know, I have a lot of respect for the athletes that do uh, their full-time gym owners or they have full-time jobs. You know, I have respect for all athletes that are willing to compete in the sport of CrossFit. You know, they, there's not a lot of money in it and they do it just out of love of the sport. So, but the athletes that do have to have a full-time job or, or maybe have other things in their lives, you know, we just try and tell them to, you know, take it one day at a time even one hour at a time, prioritize. We, uh, at the beginning of every week on Sunday, we have the athletes do a weekly prep and that includes meal prep. I have some athletes that uh, prep all their supplements on Sunday so that they have individual containers. It's, it's just one less thing to worry about down the road. And yeah. then let's say you get to, you know, Tuesday and you're becoming overwhelmed. The biggest thing that you can do is just take a deep breath and think about what's the thing that I can be doing right now that's gonna maximize my time. And once you break it down into kind of that small of increments, it allows you to be mindful of what's going on, focus on what's important, and concentrate on the things that need to get done. A lot of times when we get overwhelmed, we're thinking about all the things we have to do down the road and how are we gonna get them done, when if you just take time to slow down, and do one thing at a time, cross things off a list. You know, eventually you, at the end of it, you get to the, you know, to everything you've accomplished and you realize, yeah, it wasn't that bad.
0: Right. Very cool. So would you say um, creating routines and kind of planning ahead is a big, big part of, of managing that?
1: Yes. Routine, morning routine. You know, again, the the preparing your supplements ahead of time, the preparing your meals ahead of time, preparing your mornings. We have some athletes, you know, they get their clothes out the night before. It just allows you when you wake up in the morning to kind of not be uh, anxious and right. not hit the ground running. So, you know, I'm big on morning routines. Just are you, you know, do you like to do some some meditation in the morning? Do you like to do some journaling, just a cup of coffee and sit? Do you like to scroll through social media for a little bit? Whatever it is, make sure that it's consistent because as soon as that consistency goes away, that's when that anxious feeling comes around. Now, that being said, there are going to be days when your routine doesn't happen or something puts it out of whack and you have to be able to go with the flow and be able to adjust. And that's what kind of, you know, is the difference between the elite athlete, and maybe the athlete that uh, that can't go with the flow, they just get overwhelmed. They get anxious, and their whole day is ruined.
0: Right, yeah, I, I totally feel that because I'm a big routine and habit person as well. But I I feel very overwhelmed when all of a sudden you know something comes up in my schedule and it kind of messes up what I had planned for the week or when, which day I planned on doing something. I'm very lucky kind of with my, with my work, uh, that it's flexible and I can manage it around my training and keep putting that, that first, but it is definitely, um, a skill to learn to how you can deal with those stress and that overwhelm and, and the going with the flow. What would you say is the biggest, uh, skill for actually learning how to go with the flow when things, when things come up, like how can you pre- prepare for that?
1: There's a couple things, mindfulness training, just being aware of your thoughts in that moment, um, just learning how to breathe. You can, you know, I tell athletes, you can accomplish a lot just by taking one breath. Just that moment of a, of a good centering breath, an inhale through the nose, you feel your chest and your shoulders and your chin rise up. And then as you exhale, you just kind of exhale any tension or any doubt. And you just kind of remind yourself that, you know, it's going to be okay. That, that just pause right there. Uh, gives the athlete the opportunity to realize that, you know, okay, things are, are going to be okay. Let's figure out what's important. You know, realizing that uh, there's opportunity in the obstacle, this feeling of overwhelmingness and uh, being able to get past it, I'm going to become a better person. So when I do get to these points, I, I, I know I've been there before. I've gotten through them unscathed. The next day was perfectly fine. Um, you know, and then just, being able to kind of talk to yourself positively and say, "Hey, you know what? I've got this. I'm going to be okay." You know, there's nothing that I haven't handled or haven't had in my life before that um, I haven't handled. You know, those those three things can, can go a long way. Um, I, I guess the other thing would be is just learning how to reflect at the end of the day and learn from right. what what you did to to get past those points. I like to use the the three two one reflection or two one one. And what that is, is you're going to write down three, three positive things or three things uh, that went well that day that kind of gets the mind out of the negative, um, worst hater mentality. Cause if your mind had, I always tell athletes, if your mind had an Instagram account, you probably would have blocked it a long time ago. It's always leaving negative comments <laughs> <love> and, <laughs> and things like that. So, so the three positive kind of gets you right off the bat thinking about good things. Then you want to think about two things that maybe didn't go so well Okay. and why they didn't go well. Just not, oh, these things didn't go well. You want to learn why they didn't go well. And then lastly, one thing that you kind of learn from the process and learned about yourself that you're going to remember in the future. So reflection is another way to get past uh, that kind of overwhelming feeling when, when things aren't going your way
0: right and I know uh most of us uh people who are listening who are uh into CrossFit they know of Ben Bergeron who was a coach for many uh, uh past games champions and current games champions uh in CrossFit. And he had some of his athletes uh, a couple years ago, and I'm sure he still does it to this day. Uh, He's probably doing it right now as we're leading up to the CrossFit games to get his athletes to write down what could go wrong at the games. Would you say that kind of doing that for your week is a way to kind of um, plan out what might happen if you get thrown off your routine or out of flow?
1: Yeah, exactly. It's a coincidence that uh, you bring that up because this week in our programming, normally on Sundays, along with prep day, it's always a, a goal day. You want to set a goal for the week. And this week, I actually had them set a goal of uh, look at your week ahead and look at areas that you know could go wrong and parts in your training where... Uh, you know you're you're worried about the training. It's for the athletes that maybe get their training ahead of time in the week. You know, and you know, let's say somebody's got uh, they're, they're going to do a triathlon on Thursday to prepare for Madison. Right. You know the the things that they're going to encounter when they get to that point, so that they they, they can prepare themselves ahead of time. And then once right. they write those things down, similar to what uh, what Ben does, is you want to cross off the things that you have no control over, and then just what's right. left are the things that you can control. And those are the really only things that you want to give thought to. Uh, But yeah, anytime we can uh, prepare ourselves ahead of time, Uh, my athletes will tell you that I over-prepare them. I will have them, like a month ago I had, for the athletes that I have going to uh, Madison, I had them write down all the questions that they think they need um, to know about before they get there. What's your travel going to be? Where are you going to stay? What's your food? What sponsors... Uh, what are their needs going to be? What about media? If you get asked to do a, a post uh, event interview, you know, what are the kind of some of the things you're going to say? So, you know, having those things planned out ahead of time, again, allows you to over prepare. So when you get to that moment, you know, you, you have the feeling like you've been there before and you've done this already.
0: So that's super cool. I really think it's uh, it's very interesting to hear you say that you use concentration grids and things like that because uh, I've done a lot of research myself into um, sports psychology and mental sport performance. I'm actually considering perhaps going to... Um, Back to school in the future for uh, a master's in sports psychology, as I think it's one of the most uh, interesting kind of fields of study. Um, but I, I find that a lot of people, uh, whether it's books or coaches, they provide guidance in the way of um, either just conversations and and guiding someone's thoughts during a conversation, or kind of general overview saying, hey, you need to work on, you know, say your mental toughness or your visualization or find some time to be mindful. But it's it's all these kind of broad ideas where I find the, the personality types and the mentality of an athlete is, hey, um, you know, give me some quick tips, give me the actual exercises to do. And um, you kind of think of the outside. It's almost like a coach giving someone, okay, we need to work on your aerobic capacity, we need to work on this and this, but they don't actually give you he, hey, here's the daily workout and um, it's it's only the coach has to know that that's to work on their aerobic capacity um, versus uh, just giving kind of a broad overview. So I think it's, it's very cool what you're doing of giving these actual tangible exercises and, and skill training, including the concentration grid, um, including the journals, uh, the visualization and exactly breaking down how you want them to visualize and things like that.
1: Yeah, and we do and it keeps it fun. It breaks it up. We we also do memory recall game where there's a grid and you have to remember, you know, you click on the grid and there's a blue fish and then you got to find the other blue fish and then then you got to find the the triangle and the square and it gets progressively harder. So the athlete has to remain kind of focused. And it and it, like I said, it keeps it fun. If you don't keep it fun, they're they're not going to do it. There's got to be that kind of reward. To make it a habit, you know, it's it's right. kind of that. Uh, if you read uh, Do Higg's book about the power of habit, and it talks about, you know, what the what soap bubbles, um, flavored in flavoring in toothpaste and scented Febreze all have in common, well, they have an additive that has no bearing on the effectiveness of the product, but people wouldn't use it if there wasn't soap in uh, bubbles in soap or flavoring in toothpaste. It's kind of that. You see right. you see the effect of it. you see that so you know, oh, I'm getting clean. If you've ever you know tried to use a uh, soap in hard water and there's no no bubbles, it's just like you use a, a ton of it just oh okay, finally there's bubbles, I'm getting clean. Well, you know what you were getting clean before. Its just you didn't see the lather so um, And again, if, if they see that reward, then they're going to be more likely to do it. And that's why visualization is so great because, you know, you see yourself in your mind doing something and then you do it and it's like, Oh, okay, that was great. I love visualization. It's the greatest thing ever. And our athletes are more apt to do it later on when I program it later in the week.
0: Right. Right. So what would you say to an athlete who's having trouble um, visualizing like success? I know when I was actually in my snowboard career, um, a big thing that I found, especially with working with sports psychologists uh, with the national team and things like that, was that A lot of them didn't really understand that the difference between that sport and other sports where it's there is a fear aspect like you could get seriously injured and you know there's you're not just concerned about winning or losing you actually are concerned about um pain or or um or injury which i know isn't necessarily the same in crossfit but there is that pain aspect so um I'm interested in in seeing your thoughts of of how to get an athlete over visualizing the wrong things because I know when I was snowboarding, sometimes I would I would lay down do my visualization practice that my coach would would give me, but I was visualizing um, you know falling or failing, and it was almost it's funny because you know you try to be in control of your mind, but sometimes it's it's very hard to actually be in control of your mind.
1: It's very hard to be in control of your mind, and that's why so many athletes are are out there looking for mental training uh, in terms of you know visualization. Number one, athletes and people think that when they start visualizing, there should be these, you know, uh, HD quality visualizations or or it's like you're watching a video on Instagram. It's it's not that case at all. It takes some practice. Your images are going right. to be foggy or you may not even have images at all. One thing that we have our athletes do is um, feelization, which you probably did uh, in your career and, and you see it on when the Olympics were in uh, Pyeongchang. You know, you'll see them at the top of the hill, and they're the aerialists, or even the gymnasts uh, in the in the Summer Olympics. When they go through their routine, they move their body with their eyes closed, and they're visualizing themselves doing their, uh, visualizing doing their routine. But they're also moving their body in in time with it, and um, talking to some of these athletes and talking to gymnasts, they'll actually use their their self talk as they're visualizing going through their movements. And I'm not sure if it's something that, that you did when you were an athlete, but, you know, to answer your question about getting over the, the fear, you know, fear, there's always going to be fear in athletes and especially in a sport like that where you're flying through the air and you're, you're landing on a hard surface. You just kind of have to use that centering breath and, you know, kind of be mindful in the moment. And that's where your mindfulness training right. comes in mindfulness training is you know people think it's it's meditation mindfulness is a form of meditation and all it is is being aware of your thoughts in the moment without judgment and a lot of people can't get over that part of it they they think that they have to have this clear mind right. for 10 minutes to be perfectly mindful well no you you want thoughts to come and go you want to be able to learn how to put them out of your mind and then refocus on what's important which if you're doing mindfulness training is is probably your breath or if you're, you know, we'll use a guided meditation, progressive muscle relaxation, relaxation, those types of things. So, you know, again, to, to get fear out of your mind, it, it's always going to be there. And I think that's part of what makes those athletes amazing is they're able to, to compartmentalize it and maybe put it on the back burner. But that fear also kind of gives you a little bit of adrenaline and adrenaline is, is necessary to be able to compete at a high level. So, being mindful of your thoughts, you know, visualizing confidence in your routine. You know, obviously, you don't want to visualize yourself failing in a sport like that. It's not like you're missing a snatch and then going back and doing another one. You know, if you fail in in that, it's you know, it's pretty devastating in terms of maybe not injury, right. but in terms of a score. So, you definitely want to visualize, um, you know, success and that. And and you know, we also tell people to visualize with feeling. You know, that's another huge part of it. If if you visualize or when if when you do olympic lifts and you're a bar slammer i want you to visualize <laughs> slamming the bar i want you to visualize the feeling that you get when you you know if you're going to do uh you know snowboard if you're doing you know a couple flips and you land and you get this euphoric feeling right. inside feel that you you want to recreate it as much as you can because subconsciously your mind doesn't right. know the difference whether you're performing it in real time or if you're just performing it mentally the more real that you can make your visualization the better you'll perform when you get to that point. And that's kind of where we we are with when our athletes visualize. I want them to visualize with feeling, Very, uh, not only yeah, physically I, but I also actually emotionally. Yeah, I
0: in my in my program for snowboarding was if you if you can um you know strap into your snowboard and and do that while your visualization or visual, visualizing whether it's like in your room in the middle of the summer um uh, that's, that's what I would do. And then I, my coach would actually recommend, you know, feel the wind, like the elements, like, is it, is it sunny when you're riding into the jump? Is it, um, is it a a foggy day? Uh, what's the sound of the wind? Do you have music? Do you have headphones? Um, you know, what, what flick, uh, outerwear are you wearing? So I thought that was, that was really important, but I also think that, kind of making sure that you have the whole foundations in this place is important which is why I love that you have that foundations program where you go over goal setting, mindfulness, positive affirmations, visualizing, um all those those kind of tools because it's almost like you might have one tool but if you don't have all the tools in the toolbox um then it's it's uh, what's the point of carrying it around I guess um because I found that that especially with my snowboarding is I was only working on goal setting and visualization. And I think not having the mindfulness and the positive affirmations to go alongside with that didn't let me, um, bring out the best in the visualization and the goal setting. And so I think it's important that you're working on all of those, um, and making sure that all of those are at a good level because they help each other. Uh, would you agree with that?
1: I agree 100% and we, we use the the mental toolbox a lot with our athletes you know, we talk to them about putting things in their mental toolbox, but also, you know, managing their mental toolbox so that if something maybe doesn't, that worked before, doesn't work now, we take it out of our mental toolbox. Uh, if, if, a, if a toolbox becomes too full, it becomes a junk drawer. Right. And we all have a junk drawer in our house <laughs> and we know that it contains everything, but it's hard to find the one tool that you need or that one spoon in the moment when you need it. So we try to eliminate as many things as we possibly can. And that goes down to that, that preparation, you know, before a competition, we'll say, okay, what's in your toolbox? What is your mantra going to be? What is your self-talk going to be? What is your visualizations going to be? You know, so we can eliminate that. And then the other side of it too, is, is I tell athletes to be aware of, you know, all these things that they read online and uh, Instagram and books and everything else, because if you try to emulate what everybody else is doing, you're going to get a junk drawer. You have to take what they're doing and try and implement it to what you're doing. And if it doesn't work, then just forget about it. Right. Uh, so that, that mental toolbox is is definitely one of the things that we, we talk about. And I'm definitely going to use that strap into your snowboard if I ever get to work with a snowboard athlete. Because I think that's <laughs> just amazing to to replicate that feeling, you know, being strapped in. It's one thing to just sit on a couch and do it, but you know, having that feeling of your, of your feet in, in your boots and on your board, that I love that. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No problem. Um, yeah. So that's, that's kind of, that's kind of my background on, on sports psychology work, but I know, um, there's a lot of tools still to work on. And it's actually interesting that you brought up the, the toolbox and the junk drawer, uh, reference because it's almost the same with training, right? Like if people just add in like, every training stimulus. That's not the way, um, like science works to actually adapt to your training. Like you can't just throw at it a strength program, an endurance program, a uh, gymnastics program, uh, go heavy, um, go hard all at once. Right. So I, I, it's interesting that you, you kind of relate that with mental training, because I think it's easy for athletes to see that now with strength training, that they can't just throw all those stuff all at them. And so um, it might help them relate that to mental training as well, that they don't need to just look on Instagram and see this person's doing this, this person's doing this. It's important they have an individual program and they're working on things that they need to be um, that specific to them.
1: Yeah, I agree 100%. And in terms of the adaptation, you know, just to take it into the mental training, if somebody continuously does, and I give them links, like let's say, okay, today you're going to do mindfulness and I give them links uh, for a five minute meditation Uh, a 10 minute meditation or a 15 meditation, 15 minute. And they let me know which one they do. And if an athlete continually does the five minute, I'll tell them, Hey, you know what? Find a time during the week when you have a moment and let's do the 10 minute mindfulness training or the meditation to, to create that adaptation. Because if you consistently do the five minute, you get a, you just get comfortable with it. Right. But to be able to be mindful of your thoughts for 10 minutes, some people just can't, can't do it. They, they, their mind starts racing and they, uh, they're not able to just take that breath and just listen to the silence in, in their head, and that's just a you know a result of today's society with you know scrolling through social media and, and the feeling that we need to be always doing something. So, yeah, right. I like to create adaptation uh, in that matter in terms of the our mind gym athletes,
0: right? And how do you help athletes kind of manage social media and um, comparing themselves and things like that?
1: Oh, that's a great question. When I first started the Mind Gym for Athletes and I started working with athletes, I was just, especially CrossFit athletes, I was just amazed at um, the comparison in terms of body types, you know? And, and it's just a societal thing, but these people do amazing things and they lift amazing weights and they're, they're constantly comparing uh, how they look to others. And the way we, we get past that, you know, again, be, be mindful of your thoughts, and we do gratefulness okay. practices where we talk about, hey, go back to when you first started CrossFit, and what's something that you did that first month that you just thought was amazing, you never thought you could do. And so most people are like, oh, I never thought I'd be able to overhead squat seventy-five pounds, and now they're overhead squatting two hundred or right. you know three hundred pounds. Okay, you know, see how far you've come. Now there's people out there that would love to be able to overhead squat. 75 pounds, but they can't. So, you know, be grateful for what you, where you're at. Right. Um, as far as managing social media, you know, it's, I, I don't want to, I don't try to manage people's lives. I just make them aware of, you know, tr- I guess you would call them triggers. You know, if you're looking right. at certain people, just don't follow them. Yeah. You know, we're all human. We, we can say, you know, we love everybody, but there's always going to be that one person that we're we feel like we're, we're in competition with and we scroll through their social media and they do something and we think, Oh, I've got to be able to do that. Or why can't I do that? Right. So I'll just tell them, look, you know, stop following them and see what yeah. happens. And then if you, if, if your life gets better, then just continue not to follow. But if, if nothing really changes or later on you go back to follow them, um, that's okay. The, the other thing we, we do is, is kind of that growth mindset
0: right?
1: in appreciating the what they can do because there's somebody out there that's appreciating what you can do find um you know find a positive spin on what that athlete that you're comparing yourself is doing or you know that that person you know look at their body and realize that they got that body from hard work sacrifice commitment just the same way that you did cuz a lot of times we we get in that fixed mindset of oh, they were born that way. Right. Or I wish, you know, I look like that. And it's, you know, there's always going to be that comparison. But if you look at them and go, man, I know how all the work it takes to get like that. I am super respectful of what, everything that they've done. You know, their nutrition is probably dialed in and all the sacrifices that, and the commitment that ath- that athlete made. You know, if you do that kind of a growth mindset and you kind of a positive spin on it, usually it helps the athlete in terms of that comparison side of the social media.
0: Right. Um, Yeah. For people who don't know, would you like to just explain quickly what the growth mindset is?
1: Sure. So a fixed mindset is your your thought process is, I'm not going to say a negative mindset, but you basically feel like everything that you have is what you were born with. And you really don't have the ability to get any better, uh, to put it. Uh, simply a growth mindset is going to be, you know, you, you can look at other people or look at your situation and be able to find, uh, you're okay with criticism. You find criticism to, uh, be helpful for you on your journey, as opposed to a fixed mindset where if somebody criticizes you, you know, that's the end of the world. Right. If you look at somebody else and, you know, they, Maybe equal to you, or they have a better clean and jerk. You're like, man, that's awesome. The amount of work that they've had to do to put into that. I know all the hard work it takes, uh, as opposed to saying, oh, they were born that way. Mm-hmm. Another big one that we find with with athletes at this level is, oh, they own a gym or uh, they don't have a full time job. You know, rather than looking at it and saying, you know, like Val Volbril, teacher, wife, uh, mother full-time badass cross CrossFit athlete, you know, to be able to look at her and, and not have a growth mindset, you know, the things that she has done is just amazing. And for anybody to look at her and say, oh, you know, she has this or she has that, you know, that that's just not, uh, a, a, again, a growth mindset. Right. But, you know, athletes that have that, there's successful athletes out there that have a fixed mindset. Right. But usually it's the growth mindset. It's being able to take criticism and use it effectively and be able to look at other people, uh, at the successes that they've had to, to feel you, that's going to make the athlete, uh, perform better and evolve into, uh, where they want to get to.
0: Right. Yeah, that brought me back to actually one of my favorite quotes, which is by um, Marcus Aurelius, which is don't imagine it impossible for anything possible and proper for another person can be achieved as easily by you. So instead of, you know, looking at people and being like, wow, like it's genetics or this and that um, I can never do that. It's like thinking, okay, like, because I saw someone doing that, that means it's not impossible. I can do it as well. So it's just taking other people's exactly. and, um, kind of success and being inspired by it rather than demoralized by it, right?
1: Yeah. And it's 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 possible. Somebody right. else is doing it.
0: Exactly. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, nobody's
1: been to Mars, but we're trying to get there. Right. So, you know, if, if people say, oh, it's impossible to get to Mars, then why are we even doing it? Well, you know what? It is possible. Let, let's try it. Is, it. is it possible to do... You know, I think we're going to see some amazing things at the upcoming uh, CrossFit Games. You know, I I hope there's a triathlon in there because I I just think these athletes can do some amazing endurance things that we don't normally see. Um, So, yeah, just the there is no impossible. That's one I like to use with our athletes. There's no such thing as impossible.
0: Right. Yeah, I'm a true believer that, like, if you work hard towards something, that you can do it. And I know there's a lot of people out there now who think – you can't make it like no one can make it to the games unless they have like crazy genetics there's so many people who wish they can make it and i'm you know when when people say that to me i think um uh, if there's so many people who who wish they could and they're not making it like it, it has to be it's it must be a matter of hard work or um like what, what what work are they actually putting in what are they doing like i was like if they're really truly that's what they want to do and they're putting in the work and that's they have a really solid why then why can't they
1: yeah and, and that to kind of add to your point, we, a quote I like to use on that is everybody wants to be a beast until it's time to do what beasts do. Right. And once you realize the amount of, of training and recovery and nutrition and everything to, to be at that level, right. most people just aren't willing to, to make that commitment. Exactly. So, and that's kind of where the fixed mindset comes in and it's like, oh, you know, to make up for their maybe shortcomings, they use those excuses oh, I don't, I have a full-time job or I have this, I have that, as opposed to looking at it and going, you know, maybe I'm just not willing to put in the time that it takes to do this. Right.
0: Yeah. And for, for those who were interested in the growth or fixed mindset, I think it's the book uh, Mindset by, is it Carol Dweck is how, how you say your last name? Yes. That, that wrote that book? Yeah, yeah. Carol Dweck. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that's a great book. And I, I think I've had a lot of people actually who messaged me and they asked me for, um, mindset books or what's like the best way to get started into it if they haven't, um, haven't been exposed to it and they want to read a book. And I always say, that's a great book to start off just to give you actual background knowledge on the growth and fixed mindset because a lot of books reference it, but they don't actually delve into it. And then from there, you can kind of take it into any book you want and you understand the basic concepts.
1: Yeah, and I like mindset too, because it's one of those books that it's not a cover to cover read. You could flip open to basically any chapter and you're going to get amazing information. So, you know, some books you kind of have to read from front to back, to, to get the full idea of the book. But yeah, that book is just, uh, it, it's changed my life as a coach. It got recommended to me about, oh, I think two years ago. And um, I, I've i never looked back. I think I'm on my second copy because I've given out copies or I've, I've highlighted things. And um, yeah, and I still go back to it today and I'll, I'll use information in it because it's, it's, I mean, the growth mindset, you can't, you can't go wrong if you are a proponent of it and if you follow the um, what right. it teaches.
0: Yeah, and I know we we talked um, a little bit uh, off recording about uh, about books. So I'd love to ask you about what books you would recommend um, people to read if they wanted to know more about um, like sports psychology and mindset and high performance.
1: Sure, uh, "How Champions Think" by Bob Rotella is a is an amazing book. That's a good one. He's actually. He's a sports psychologist, works with a lot of golfers. Okay. Another book of his that I highly recommend is called Golf is Not a Game of Perfect. Now, people are gonna go, what does golf have to do with CrossFit or or baseball or or snowboarding? When you learn about how other athletes approach their sport mentally, you can get a lot of information out of that. And and golf is one of those games that's probably the mentally the hardest game to play. Right. You know, it's you you have to be laser focused for like three hours, (laughs) four days in a row. And the amount of pressure, especially when you play in these big tournaments and there's people all around the the 18th green and you're standing over a three foot foot putt, you know, just to be able to put fear aside and to be able to um, perform is is just so that to me, that's the definition of of mental toughness. Right. So there's that book, Golf is Not a Game of Perfect. Relentless by Grover. I know that one's a big one. I've read it. Uh, I I recommend it to people, but just under the, you know, when I recommend it, I tell them, you know, that he's going to have, he basically puts people into three categories. And when you read it, a lot of times people put themselves in the middle category just because the elite is so elite. You know, he talks about Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan and those types of athletes. And, you know, there's very few Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordans in the world. Right. So, you know, when you read it, put yourself in the context of, of being an elite level of being a Kobe and, and how your life um, could be the similar to that. So in that, in that book, Relentless, it, it does those three categories and it, people kind of pigeonhole them into that, into that middle category, just because you're, you're comparing yourself to, you know, Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan and these, these top level basketball players. But, you know, again, when you read it, try and put your content or your, your, your life as if you were those athletes and, and try to figure out where you would fit in uh, another great book again is uh, mindset by carol dweck um the obstacle is the way by holiday i really like that one that's right. kind of my favorite right now uh another great book is the power of habit by Duhigg. and oh
0: i have that and i haven't started reading it
1: yeah it's a great book it it talks more about uh how habits are formed which you know is okay. You know, if somebody that likes routine, it'll give you an idea of, of how, you know, you develop your routines and how people can develop routines. And in terms of training stimulus, uh, yeah, and we talked about it earlier with the, the how habits are formed with the, the flavoring and toothpaste. You know, they had toothpaste for years, but nobody used it. And then all of a sudden, somebody puts mint oil in it, and it gives you that clean feeling in your mouth, and now it's a, you know, multi-billion dollar industry. So right. it's just having that reward at the end. Uh, those books. Yeah. I guess that'd be a great start for anybody, but I, I would highly recommend okay. how champions think that's for me. That's the, the Bible.
0: That's the first one. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Um, awesome. Very cool. Um, yeah. So I, I'd like to dive into, um, kind of my almost, uh, stock questions that I like to ask everyone. If, uh, if you have anything more, you want to kind of add very specifically on mind Jim, uh, before we get into that, uh, Now is your chance, I guess.
1: Sure. I just wanted to, I should have said this at the beginning. I'm not a sports psychologist. I don't have a sports psychology degree. I'm a mental coach. I take information that anybody could find online or in books and I streamline it and present it to athletes so that they can maximize their potential. So, and I'm upfront with my athletes at the very beginning in the email I send them that I'm not a sports psychologist. I don't diagnose people. And I've even recommended to athletes, it's like, hey, maybe you should go talk to somebody, you know, not that they're um, a nut job, but it's, you know, sometimes it's good to get certain things um, to to talking to a professional about those things. So again, I'm I'm a mental coach, uh, just like, you know, you have a strength coach or a gymnastics coach or a pitching coach. It's just these people are able to present an athlete information to maximize uh, right. their, their potential. So I just wanted to make sure that um, that was out there. So I didn't want anybody thinking that.
0: So uh, I'm curious of what one habit or routine makes the biggest difference in your daily well being and performance. I know we did touch upon uh, routines and habits. So uh, this is gonna kind of force you to dial into one.
1: Okay, so I have, I love this question. And I have two answers. Unfortunately, okay. <laughs> I can't give you just one. But the two answers are this. number the The easiest answer is visualization. Just see yourself doing okay. what you want to do, whether it's performing athletically. If you want to see yourself on a beach somewhere in Hawaii, if you want to see yourself standing on top of a mountain, visualize doing what you want to do and visualize it with the same feeling. Now, the best answer is just talk to yourself better. We just... In today's society, we're, we just our first thought tends to go to the negative. Right. If we just talk to ourselves better on a daily basis and we reframed our thoughts from the negative into a positive, that would make the biggest impact on an athlete and changing their mindset to more of that growth mindset, that positive mindset, and just the power that it provides. I always tell our athletes that. The power of a confident and positive mind cannot be denied. Not going to guarantee you're going to win, but you're going to perform up to your potential the majority of the time. So yeah, just the best way for you to maximize your potential just talk to yourself better, reframe those negative thoughts. Um, you know, anytime you have a negative thought about yourself, turn it into a positive. You know, some people are out there saying, "Oh, you need to turn, you need to do five positive thoughts for every one negative, or three positive for every negative." Start with one. Right. Once you can do that, then go to two, then go to three. But yeah, right. that's talk to yourself better, people. That's that's my biggest uh, thing. I would like to see.
0: Awesome! I love that. Uh, second question is: What is the most important thing you've learned this year?
1: Who? Um, most important thing I've learned is just just live life the way you want and how it makes you happy. Uh, My father uh, recently passed away after a two-year battle with uh, lung cancer and, and to see him fight for every day just so he could be around uh, his grandkids and to be around family just, you know, really made me appreciate how much time we have on this planet Uh, and I just, uh, to, I don't know, I'm kind of losing my train of thought thinking about my dad, but um, to live your life the way you want, you know, we right. go through Instagram and everybody's life is a highlight reel and, and it just makes us think that we need to be always doing something profound or something great to be having a full life. You know, the other day I was sitting outside right. and I was, I was meal prepping, I was barbecuing the chicken that I do for the week and I was just sitting there looking out, my kids playing in the backyard and I wasn't doing anything. And I was happy and I just was okay with it. And I felt just this feeling come over my my body that this is okay. I don't need to be out scaling a mountain or, right. you know, working out 10 times a day. It's just whatever makes you happy in that moment, do it.
0: I love that. That's that's awesome. Like it doesn't matter if um yeah, if if being happy means you're a professional snowboarder and you're you're uh kicking it at X Games or if being happy is just spending time with your family and enjoying those little moments. Uh I think whatever whatever it is, you should be doing it and setting up your life to make sure you have more of those moments.
1: Yes, exactly. I love that. Yep.
0: So, if you could suggest just one thing for athletes to do daily, what would it be?
1: Ooh, one thing daily. Uh, be in the moment. Uh, just be okay. present. Be present in the moment. You know, you're as a professional athlete, whether it's uh, CrossFit or baseball, or snowboarding or whatever it is. If you start getting too far ahead, then that's when things become overwhelming, and you lose sight of where you're at, and then you also lose sight of that deliberate practice, and you start going through the motions. So, just be present in the moment. Be mindful of where you're at. Be mindful of your thoughts. We tell our athletes to mentally be where your feet are. You know, in between, let's say you're doing a five by five back squat and in between you go over and you check your phone, which is fine. I mean, I can't tell an athlete don't do that. But when you approach the bar, it's a deliberate routine. It's breath, visualization, under the bar, perform the reps, re-rack the bar, do a quick reflection, and then go to your phone. So whatever it is, you've got to be in that moment to get that deliberate practice.
0: Right. Awesome. Um, so that's kind of the end of my, my quick three questions. I know that you did mention to me this morning that you had a question actually for me. So I'll give you a chance to, to shoot me that one.
1: So this is the first question that I always ask athletes at the beginning of the foundation series, and it's how I got into sports psychology. My first sports psychology class I took in college, the professor came in and write down, how do you climb Mount Everest? And I thought about it for a second. So that question I'm going to present to you, and then I'll give you the reason why I present it to our athletes. So go ahead.
0: Okay. So yeah, so when you asked me that, I kind of immediately thought um, that you break it down into segments because I know there's like a base camp, and then you you can't climb it all at once because your body has to uh, adjust to the, the altitude levels and all that kind of stuff. So I don't know if there's a right or wrong answer, but uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts and why you asked that.
1: No, and that's that's a perfect answer. And we, and I tell the athletes, there is no right or wrong answer. Just give me your thoughts. So I put up my hand and I said, one step at a time. Boom, right? Best answer in the class. Oh, that's awesome. And he looked at me and said, you can't do that from California. And I, I looked at him. I'm like, no, no, no. I didn't mean it literally. I meant it figuratively. And he goes, I understand what you meant. But, and he kind of went into the reasoning behind it. And like you said, climbing Everest is an ultimate goal. So if your ultimate goal is to get to the CrossFit Games, or your ultimate goal is to get to Everest, you have to stop at camps along the way. So those camps are smaller goals. And that's what we try to convey to our athlete. And to get to Everest, you have to plan. There's there's logistics. There's probably some training. You're going to need money. Uh, You're going to have to do some research. How are you going to get there? Where do you get to? Do you fly into Tibet? You know, all those things, you just can't do it one step at a time. Sure. When you get on the mountain, it's one step at a time, but what he was trying to convey was it's an ultimate goal and along that way there are those camps or there are those smaller goals now like you said you do have to go backwards sometimes to acclimate so there are going to be times in your journey when you do have to go backwards and you have to be okay with it regression sometimes is needed to go forward so as soon as he kind of talked about that I was immediately hooked I was like oh man this stuff's awesome and from then I just never looked back so I love your answer it was perfect
0: Thanks. I, I, um, yeah, I, I thought about that. And right when you asked me that, I was like, I think this might be might be the answer he's looking for. But <laughs> I'm glad to hear um, that it was kind of on point. So I think it's so important to have those process goals, because, for example, if if um, you're like, okay, to go to the games, I need to snatch 205. That's that's the number people are hitting. Um, and you think, okay, maybe in a couple years from now, by the time I get there, maybe it's, it's 215. Well, if your snatch right now is at like, you know, 160, 170, uh, you're never going to be happy until you get to that point. And when you get to that point, chances are that's not going to be something that gives you um, all this ultimate happiness, like, I reach this goal. So I think it's so important to have those process goals like, okay, what's my next goal? Okay, in this training, next training cycle, when I'm focusing on strength and, and technique, I want to be able to hit 175. And, um, and I want my, uh, my 5k runtime, you know, to increase by whether like five seconds, not to focus on that. Oh, it needs to increase by two minutes or something like that. So I, I love process oriented goals. And I love that you, you kind of discuss that. And that's kind of the first thing you go over with, with your athletes.
1: Yeah. And we, uh, and I tell them that the, the goals have to be achievable in order to develop confidence and to keep that reward habit system going. If you have a goal that's you know, six months out, you're trying to add 50 pounds to your back squat or to your snatch, you know, do five pounds in 30 days. That's going to get you to come right. back and keep you interested in it. And, you know, same thing on, on the mental training side of it, you know, do mindfulness for five minutes, then we're going to do maybe six minutes. So yeah, those small camps. And and the other thing about right. the Everest that is great is uh, when, when the open comes around, it's beautiful because there's five uh, open workouts. And there's five camps to get to the summit. So it, it, the analogy really right. plays out at that point, you know, there's base camp. And then as you get closer to the, to the summit, so Everest has uh, come to help me more than just the sports psychology class down the road.
0: Very cool. I love that. So where can people find you if they want to learn more about Mind Gym and yourself?
1: So I am on Instagram at mindgymforathletes.com. I, I'm oh, sorry, at mindgymforathletes. for Athletes. I have www.mindgymforathletes.com. I'm going to try and start to do more blogs after uh, the CrossFit Games. We've got four athletes that are going to be there, so it's a little busy time. I've also got another athlete uh, out of Vancouver. They have a fight coming up, an MMA fight. So it's a busy time for me right now. Hopefully, once it all calms down, I'm going to try and do some more blogs. I have people emailing me all the time asking about uh, programming like I said earlier, I, I work with a very small number of athletes. It's usually around five or six. So I don't have any openings at this time. But I love people asking me questions. I'll always try and get back to you, you know, if you need any tips on it, uh, you know, how to visualize better or mindfulness. I'll always try and um, answer those, those questions. But in terms of actual daily programming, I just don't have any openings um, at this time. I have a Facebook page, but um, I've kind of got over Facebook a while ago with... Um, <laughs> When everybody else kind of did, so I I, I usually just use Instagram, and Instagram tends to be a little bit more of a positive influence uh, in people's lives. So I use that one, and then obviously the website. So those two places.
0: Very cool. And I can definitely, uh, personally recommend that if you're an athlete, um, despite whether you're able to actually, um, work with Bob, um, because he doesn't have openings that, that following them at mind gym for athletes on Instagram is, is awesome just to get those daily reminders of little things you can focus on and, um, to remind you of actually of some of the stuff that he talked about here. So thank Thank you you. so much for coming on and for sharing all the awesome work that you're doing with, with athletes.
1: Yeah. Thanks for having me on. It was uh, a lot of fun to talk and, um, I learned some things from you and, and that's why I like talking to high performance athletes because you know I get something from them and hopefully they get something from me so thank you again Natalie This was a, a lot of fun and a great awesome uh, opportunity.
0: Thanks for listening to this week's episode. I hope you guys learned as much from it as I did. I love going into depth um, in conversations about mental training and mental performance. I know if you're, if you're a friend of mine, you know that I that's usually what I'm talking about. And uh, I love sports psychology and anything about that. So any chance I get to, to have a really in-depth conversation about it and learn more from someone about it is um, uh, is really awesome for me. And I hope it's uh, something that you guys can take some some awesome points from as well. Uh, if you want to check out more, check out my website, www.natalieallport.com for more episodes and, uh, different things, videos, posts, and, uh, audio, audio recordings. Um, if you're a business owner, um, especially in the health and fitness space, check out www.93agency.com. It's my business where we do marketing and uh, social media for businesses just like yours. We do consulting uh, as well as growth consulting uh, for taking businesses online. So feel free to check that out. Also, if you're an athlete and you're looking for some awesome performance gear, check out Virus. International, their website for for Canadian residents is www.virusintl.ca and if you use the code ALLPORT, A-L-L-P-O-R-T, all capitals, at your checkout you're going to save 10% on whatever you order is definitely the best gear I wear it every single day my friends make fun of me because I have um, very tan arms and not as tan legs because all I wear is tights all the time Uh, they definitely sell shorts on there so feel free to get those I just know I'm I'm definitely a tight person so uh, yeah thanks again for listening and I hope you guys tune in Uh, these episodes are going to be coming at you uh, every second Tuesday if you're looking for um, kind of a routine or schedule to get into and uh, when you want to expect these episodes to come out thanks again